Hey everyone, my name is Sanuj, and this is the Improve the Dream podcast. Today, I'm joined with Rinda Poonj from Massachusetts. How are you doing today, Rinda? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty well as well. So uh, tell me a bit about what you're doing now. So um, I'm a software engineer right now, just living life on OPT, really. That's awesome. So uh, you said OPT. Were you born in the U.S.? No, I wasn't born in the U.S. I was born in India, actually. Um, and I moved to the U.S. at the age of six years old. Wow, gotcha. Um, why did your family decide to immigrate to the U.S.? So actually, like, the what happened is, is like, I moved uh, to the U.S. in 2005, and my dad um, had a project uh, in the United States. And what ended up happening is, is that I think in 2004, he first came um, in. And then after a while, the project obviously took a long time. And um, then my mom and I at the time were um, brought into the U.S. um, to live with him because it ended up just taking longer than what was expected. So Mm -hmm. it was never really like a plan to like immigrate per se. It was just a job. And we just moved um, just to be with my dad. So uh when you did, you know, first move to the U.S., what were your first, you know, memories like? What do you remember from that time? Honest, honestly, like, I have to say that, um, like, when I moved here from the age of six um, to the time when I had to leave the U.S., um, which I can get into kind of later on, I would say that those years were, like, the most golden, like, childhood years. That, like, you know, those, like, pure, like, truly, like, carefree years that you have when yep. you're, like, totally unburdened uh, by any kind of, you know, stresses of life. Yes, yeah, stresses of life. <laughs> uh, that is, like, that is kind of, I have, like, maybe I have, like, rose, you know, tinted glasses um, when I'm viewing that time of, like, coming into the U.S. and then, you know, lemonade stands uh, and slip and slides, you know, that's as American as it can get and like yep. swimming. Classic and, American traditions. Yeah, classic American and going to my friend's house, um, you know, with the big pools uh, and like, you know, cannonballing inside uh, the pools and just, you know, riding my bike around uh, the neighborhood uh, like that type of stuff. So I had like a very, like, you know, almost like, like it's weird to say this, but like my childhood was like the mo- like in the movies. Um, but then there's like this part that just shatters. Oh, and, no. and, and actually speaking, I think like you, like, I think my immigration status is like what made me grow up really. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's, it's because, you know, I, I had these like six golden years and then bam, we had to leave. And I was like, why am I leaving? this you know paradise (laughs) yeah I feel like that's a lot of uh it's a common theme in a lot of documented dreamers where the immigration statuses and all the troubles that we we will have to face with it kind of forces us to you know jumpstart our life basically and kind of you know yeah not even jumpstart our life but like just realize how you know difficult things are going to be it's a jarring experience yeah and I think like as uh like you know from like the ages of like six to you know, um, like I, I moved here at the around age of six and like around 11 years old, like I left, I had to self-deport cause we didn't, um, my dad's, uh, you know, this was during the time of the financial crisis mm-hmm. and, um, my dad's was not able to file a green card. Cause at the time of that happened, like, you know, he was not able to file it. So his H1, like he came here in 2005, uh, uh, uh 2004, six years later in 2010, like we had to go. So, gotcha. so how is it like having to, you know, self-deport like that? 
that's it. It just makes you grow up. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, like, like that's, that's just the thing. Like that's, that's really all I have to say about it is um, that was the most at the time, like the most difficult thing, obviously I, I, by the way, I self-deported to the United Kingdom. Okay. Um, that was my, my dad ended up, you know, his H1B expired and his company then transferred him to a branch in the UK. So we had to pack up our bags and just leave. Pack up your um, life, basically, yeah. Yeah, pack up your pack up your life. And as a kid, like I'm telling you, when I'm looking back at it, it was honestly I was I was a untroubled, very carefree, extroverted. Very, I had lots of friends, and I just had like this amazing. I actually had this amazing life, and uh, for all of it to just come crashing down, and you just have to leave, and you're not being like you're not really like leaving by your own volition. Like mm-hmm. you're getting, you're basically getting thrown out. Yeah, you're and, being forced uh, to leave that 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 is like uh kind of still like to this day like i would say like the moment i think i like had to realize like how difficult life is in general Mm -hmm. so you had to leave the country and when did you come back so i came back uh i was and i'm and i and and i'll be the first to say this i feel very privileged okay i was able to come back because Mm -hmm. i do realize that there are people in my situation who do not who are not afforded that same opportunity. So I, I do want to acknowledge that before I kind of move forward. Of um, course. But uh, yeah, so like by, you know, thankfully, but like I was my, so this is kind of what happened is I, I did come back about like a year and a half to two years later, I was able to come back. And the reason I was able to come back, I mean, is because I think there was not a single day that went by that my, my mom, my younger sister at the time who's a who was born in the u.s um and so she had like you know like she was um she was around like four years old when we left so like she started to like she also started to grow up here mm-hmm. and um and like myself um were not on like we're not like there was not a single moment that it felt like home like 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 our life in the united kingdom like, right gotcha so do you consider yourself an american Yes, of course I do. I mean, the, the problem is, is it's, it's a hard question to answer because as much as I, as much as, you know, I feel American, I'm literally consistently on almost on a, on a regular basis reminded that I'm not. Mm-hmm. So um, like, while like, you know, a part of me, of course, feels like American, like I, I love this country. I'm uh, very grateful to this country to have allowed me to come in. Um, at the same time, being consistently every every step of the juncture at like every meaningful um, pathway in your life, being consistently reminded like, hey, you're not an American. Um, that's a very difficult question for me to answer, like yes and no. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely understandable. And on a personal note, I felt the same way growing up as well, because you know, you know, grew up in the U.S., you know, never left the country. I was fortunate enough not to have to, you know, go through the triples that you did. But every single time that I wanted to do something that, you know, a lot of my U.S. citizen friends and, you know, permanent resident friends were able to do, it was like, hey, what's your legal status? Oh, you're not a permanent resident? Sorry, you can't do that. Yeah, and worse, they call you an alien. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, whoa, I didn't know I was ET or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that terminology was interesting to hear the first time I heard it. Definitely. It's a very interesting terminology. And, and that's it. Like, right. Like, um, I, I, like, it's just, I totally relate to you because it's like, 
there are certain milestones I think in every like American teenagers like you asked me the question like you know do I feel American right there's what, what are like the milestones like oh like you know your first job like that's kind of like a big American tradition like that's um, that's an American tradition mm-hmm. and because of my H4 status like that is something that I was like never able to participate in. So like, and, and those types of things. Oh, like um, I really want to like, uh, you know, uh, in high school, you know, uh, people are going on the uh, AP French trip. Like I took AP French and like we all went, we were all supposed to go to France. Uh, my visa status, like my parents were always like, you know, worried that, you know, you're on like a visa, like these, like, you know, people could uh, reject you at any point. Cause like, obviously I, it was like an expired visa, but I was like here legally, like in the sense that I had like the proper documentation, but like to get the stamps stamping done, they were like, you have to go to the U S embassy and get it done. Yeah. And they're like, you don't have ties to your home country. Like, you know, it's just riskier. Mm-hmm. Um, so they never like, like, you know, I wasn't allowed to ever go like, college was a huge, huge, like, you know, like that's another big milestone that almost like got entirely like ruined. Like my college experience was just, uh, at least experience like applying to colleges was horrible because Mm -hmm. I was so uh, distressed. So. So I'm glad you brought up the concept of, you know, American traditions and, you know, common milestones that you know, a lot of Americans go through and considering yourself to be an American, what did it feel like, you know, considering yourself to be an American, but being withheld from a lot of the milestones that you should have been able to obtain? It honestly feels like every single time it happens. And and I know that this might sound it sounds, it sounds talk, it might sound toxic of me to, maybe I should like make peace with this fact. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, um, that's what has been stressed upon me so much because also I just remember that like, because I um, got deported, like I basically got self, I had to self deport at the age of like, at a very like impressionable age where I did not want to leave. And like my whole family was devastated that we were leaving and my dad did everything he can to bring us back because we just knew the United Kingdom. It was just not, it was, it did not feel like home. Mm-hmm. Like we lived there and it just, no matter what we did, it was just that, that thing. So that's why he tried so hard and we were lucky enough to come back. But the thing is, is that when this sort of thing happened, um, I became obsessed with my status afterwards. Like, so even when I was able to come back, I, felt so depressed about like, you know, all the limitations. Um, every time I looked at a scholarship, I wanted to cry uh, every time because like they said, oh, you know, you're not eligible for, you know, every time I looked at any college websites, they're like, oh, international students are not a- allowed to like um, get like uh, any kind of aid. Yep. So that stuff ended up just putting like, uh, I just, it just ended up making me like a little bit like dare I say crazy mm-hmm. uh and 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 my parents were like you know maybe maybe you should relax and but it was just I just became like I was traumatized by the deportation and basically that's just kind of like spiraled out of control and like I just that's sort of what ended up happening gotcha how old were you when you came back to the U.S. um so I came back in the U.S. uh like around I think like right before eighth grade. So I think that's like around 13 years old. Mm-hmm. So like I left at 11 and came back at thir- at 13. So a 13 year old obsessing over the visa status, it's not a healthy thing to grow up with, it seems. Uh, def- definitely not. And these are like, like I said, like you're like, I don't know, uh, milestones of like 13 year olds are like, oh, you know, like 
My, or uh yeah. the formal or whatever prom yeah not no, prom. No, not, no the dance like yeah like what kind, yeah what i forgot of, what it was called it's there a cute uh, guy that like likes me or like who likes who but i that was not like that was really like a, like my like, biggest worries like my biggest like ghost in my closet was regarding immigration which was like really weird for a 13 year old to be like stressing about all the time did you um, feel a sense of betrayal when you had to go through all that and that's what I'm saying every, so this is like, it's like a, it's like a bad thing because, you know, I've been told like, you know, make, make it like, just accept, accept it, accept it. But every single time these milestones happen, I'm, st- I'm always like, it always hurts. Like no matter what happens, it just always hurts. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, when I, uh, I can, I can tell you something, um, interesting that happened. So I, um, I graduated college this year and, uh, I was, like, you know, really, really lucky that I was able to land a job uh, that will is willing to sponsor my um, H-1B lottery. And um, so obviously, you know, the whole thing about like, you know, your 21st birthday, like, you know, you age out and it's very, it's a very sad birthday, even though like, oh, like you're tw- again, a 21st birthday is like a milestone, right? But like, mm-hmm. for us, like, it's like a milestone in like a sad way. But I will say that this is something that's kind of sad that happened is that another birthday got ruined for me because I got rejected in the H1B lottery uh, and I found out about it on my birthday, on my 21st uh, no. birthday. So I'm like, man, like I can't catch a break, can I? And every single time that happens, like it's just like, it's like another scar. Um, <laughs> that's very yeah. rough. That's very, very rough. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm also glad you brought up the 21 thing because, you know, turning 21 is something that a lot of American teenagers eagerly look forward to. Um but obviously, you know, we aged out by the time we turned 21. What feelings did you associate with associate with turning 21? Well, aside from the fact that I turned 21 when the global pandemic started. So that was mm-hmm. one of those things where my 21st birthday was like March. Thir- I was I'm born on March 30th. So that so that was the, that was like the first thing where it's just like that was like the week like of like I think everything the week of out. COVID yeah yeah the week of COVID so it was like it was a very de- it was still a very depressing affair in general because of like the pandemic and then like obviously like knowing that I got kicked out of my parents I, I was already anticipating like you know I'm getting thrown out I'd made my adjustments I changed my status um but you know just the idea that I've lost uh my own pathway to citizenship like that of course was depressing and then obviously then throw on a global pandemic on top of that that was my 21st birthday <laughs> that is very 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 rough <laughs> so the american children act is something that's you know being debated about in congress and all of that what would a pathway to citizenship mean to you a pathway to citizenship would mean to me just um well first of all it would it would kind of get, you know, it would definitely get rid of the trauma, right? Because, because I, I always felt like, I always felt like, um, you know, like you're America in America and school by your parents, like you're always told that no, like, like this is the, like, you know, this is the land of opportunity. And on top of that, um, you know, the height of your dreams is like, you know, just like how hard, like, you know, like the, like the, how high you're willing to climb is just like how hard you're willing to work. Right. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is, is that in this case, like no matter what I do, like no matter what I do, like if I, pers- if I do this thing, if I, if I go to college, if I, if I try to get good grades, um, if I try to do anything like at the end of the day, like my fate 
to stay in this country is like on a, on a temporary visa. And uh, on top of that, it's literally like, oh, if you want to extend it, you can get a work visa. Okay. So your, your fate's literally going into a lottery. Yep. So it's, so it's just like, it's just like every, like, it's just like, it's just like, that's what it means to me is, is that it's like, it would correct this idea that, you know, because we can't control this. Like there's nothing I can do like on a personal level of other than advocacy to like, to fix my situation. Right. So it would just mean like, the, like, you know, that the American dream is like real like that's mm-hmm. what america's children act would mean that you like you know that you can make it in this country if you work hard but right now that's not the case because no matter what i do my my future is still in the hands of a lottery that's arbitrary can't control there's always something that's weighing you down yeah exa- exactly mm-hmm. well brenda i don't have any more questions for you today but it seems like from what i learned today you've gone through a lot um is there anything else that you want to talk about that is meaningful to you? Um, no, not really. I actually think this was like a really uh, interesting conversation and I really enjoyed this and I really love uh, Improve the Dream for all the opportunities that um, it has given me to use my voice to try to uh, make change happen in my own life. Um, I Because there was definitely a feeling of like uh, certain like helplessness as well. So I just want to say that, like, you know, this is this is really like a great organization that does so much because I I was obsessed as a as a um, with immigration and like my status and like, you know, how it weighed me down. But I never thought I could do anything about it. And Mm -hmm. having that agency means so much. Did, you know, being able to connect with a community like the dream help you in any way? You have no idea. That is uh, one of the biggest things I think I have ever, um, like one of the, you know, like in my, like in the last year, like the best, like one of the best things that's ever happened to me because um, I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm like, I literally am the only person I know who is like, like me, like everyone else, all those friends from my golden years, uh, they were immigrants as well, by the way, but they all have green cards. Um, and so there's nobody I can talk to about this. And I really just thought like, you know, I'm just very unlucky. Um, Mm -hmm. but now I don't, I think that, you know, when I said like, you know, there's a small scar every time, every time I'm reminded something, but now it's getting less hurtful, uh, because, you know, having this community makes everything better. Right. Honestly, like on, on, on a personal note, I felt very similar, but connecting with such a large community of people that are going through the same thing as I am it's kind of like a bittersweet feeling because it's like yeah I can talk to so many people but so many people are going through this issue and that's not something that I would have expected yes but and I and I totally agree with you and and it breaks my heart to see you know like watching testimonies of other documented dreamers and uh you know, crying, watching those uh, testimonies and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff um, that like, it definitely like sticks with you. Um, but what I love about this organization is, is that like, yes, we're all going through a terrible thing, but there's a, but there is a way there is hope. Um, and, and that is very important. I think mm-hmm. is giving people hope. That's amazing. That's honestly, absolutely agreed. Well, I don't have any other questions for you today, but it was amazing talking to you today. It was amazing talking to you as well and very cathartic.
Absolutely. (laughs) This has been uh, the Improve the Dream podcast. I hope everyone has a great day. Goodbye.